Hi, this is Amy, your host of Girl Gang the Podcast and founder of GirlGangTheLabel.com. I'm so excited for you to tune into this very special episode. We traveled to London to interview some amazing women in creative industries. I hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is Carlosa Constant. I'm the Partnerships and Events Editor at British Vogue. And you're listening to Girl Gang, the podcast. Basically, I came out of university and had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. I think this was probably about seven years ago and I was studying graphic design at Sheffield University here in England and decided just to go and intern at wherever I could. I didn't want to go into graphic design even though I loved it but all I did know is that I wanted to be creative. So I basically interned in buying, in sales, in PR, in beauty, in fashion, I think radio, TV... I think every everything, like you name it, I've done it basically. And I think that's the great thing for like you know, when you've come out of education, if you go into that route, you need to figure out what you want to do because it's hard. Like it's honestly, it's honestly like a hard industry out there. And also like going for my internships, basically I interned for two years free. If there's any advice I'd give being in the fashion industry, it'd probably be like, just say yes to everything. Honestly, I learned more from internships than even in college. I did six internships Mm -hmm. over a three-year span. And I think that the education you get and really learning what you're good at, what everyone does, that's such a better currency than actually even getting paid. A hundred percent. And also the internships that you do. So in fashion, I think there's a policy basically here in the UK where you can only do it for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think for the like span of the two years that I was working I probably did about 18 19 internships oh my gosh and uh, it was literally ridiculous because you're literally going from one place to another the magazines are wanting the best interns or people at least that know how to do you know the day-to-day things in the office or getting shoot prepared and stuff like that so I think I was doing all those internships and basically Monday Wednesdays Fridays after work I'd go straight from my internships to Estrada the restaurant that I worked at so I think I'd do it was something like nine till six and then like seven till 11 working at a restaurant. Work double shifts on the weekend as well. I've got to make a hundred pound tips every week to see myself through for like my travel costs and stuff like that. But it was definitely worth it. Is there a favorite memory, even a favorite internship? It was probably I did an internship at Topshop just because like I was saying before, it's so interesting to know how the brand works and like all the different aspects. So when I did my buying internship, it was actually on the denim section that I worked on they basically gave to me all these swatches and I was just like right what do you want me to do with them obviously I was an intern there for four weeks and they were like so we'd like you to choose our new spring summer collection wait I'm sorry what (laughs) and they were like no no we just want you to choose like what colors we should have for denim for our next collection and I was there like oh my gosh like I'm gonna have to present this I had to do like mood boards and everything it was so incredible having that experience so after the internships did you just apply to a bunch of jobs then the first one that stuck you just started going for there. The thing is when you get into magazines, especially editorial, is there's not actually that many jobs. Mm-hmm. You've basically got 20 jobs in the industry and there's about 70, 80 girls fighting for like one position, which is absolutely ridiculous. And no one will ever budge as well. Like I know some fashion assistants that stayed in their jobs for about seven or eight years just so they could stay within the magazine. A job came up at FHM and it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. I met my fashion director, Will Barnes, who is probably the best mentor that I've ever had yet yeah, in my whole entire life. 
I've, you know, what I find really like interesting now is basically seeing all these incredible stars that we shot back then, which must have been about six years ago now. And now how they're huge. So we shot, you know, George Ezra for a cover of like a fashion supplement. We shot Stormzy and seeing them now, you know, working at GQ previously and seeing them as one of the men of the year. It's incredible going through that process with them and seeing, you know, how they've evolved as artists, as actors. It's special because you feel part of that process with them. I remember when he left, he actually gave me a book and it was a book on birds and he just wrote one. He literally put a post-it on it. It was like, fashion isn't about clothes. It's about other things. So here's a book on birds. And I was like, oh God, it's so true. <laughs> I was like, wow. So literally like I've still got to this day, we've just moved into a house with my boyfriend and I've got this book literally like it's centerpiece in our house. And it's like, I need that inspiration every day. At British GQ, it was really interesting. Basically, I started as fashion assistant and it was really great. But when you're fashion assistant in a publication like that, you're not a fashion assistant. I mean, you do so much more. So after fashion assistant, basically six months after they promoted me to acting, style and grooming editor, basically because I'd had, you know, history in grooming anyway, because I did that at FHM and also a lot in beauty. I now probably know how to shave a beard better than waxing <laughs> female legs. Like, honestly, I kid you not. Like, I'll look at a guy and I'll be like, oh, do you know what? You should really do this to his face. I'm like, God, I could give him some great tips. So I did the grooming and the styling for that that those kind of sections which was really fun then I went into junior fashion editor so that was kind of my process there at GQ going into somewhere like GQ was just absolutely incredible and kind of formed the person that I am and learning from these incredible stylists and writers and you know features directors and creative directors and now I'm at Vogue I got a call from the publisher basically I do look after the partnerships and events at British Vogue edit a section in the magazine which is really fun and then I style a lot of their shoots as well and I get to plan all these incredible events and partnerships it's really exciting I first met you at Coachella last mm-hmm. year you were interviewing people mm-hmm. and kind of covering the scene that is such a cool side of the job I think can you talk a little bit about that I mean absolutely I've interviewed some pretty incredible people whether it's Chris Hemsworth David Beckham Martin Garrix Gerard Butler honestly probably any huge male artist I've probably interviewed them (laughs) which is pretty surreal if you think about it god do you know what the first person I ever interviewed I think was David Beckham for yeah (laughs) which is starting off strong (laughs) a couple of months ago I actually interviewed David Beckham for British GQ Mm -hmm. and I had a half an hour interview and I managed to secure the first UK exclusive with him on his new brand called House 99. So I got to do his, yeah, his first interview for that, his first old interview for GQ and, you know, it went online. It's really great. But the best thing about interviewing these kind of guys is, you know, you have to put them in that position where they feel comfortable. And, you know, a lot of people are asking them the same questions every single day. And like, you know, you kind of need to get that familiarity with them and kind of bond with them how they'd be an, a normal person. I mean, they're normal people. It's kind of interesting. There's some people I think we just hold on a pedestal just the way they're marketed and you see them on billboards and all these exciting things. So Absolutely. it just must be such a challenge to figure out how to just look at them eye to eye and like an equal yeah. and we're all humans because I think those are the most real conversations. Yeah, exactly. I remember literally just the interview that I just did with Beckham about a couple of months ago and I remember him saying something and he was like, um, I said, what's your favourite product out of this grooming range? And I was like, haha, it's basically like what, like asking you what's your, who's your favourite child? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he laughed and I was like, no, seriously, who's your favourite child? <laughs> he was like, is this girl for real? I was like, haha, laugh it off. God, what a 
what am I doing? You just have to be real with them. Exactly. They're normal people. But even from doing this podcast, like it's weird being on the other side. Yeah. I'm usually on your side and that's okay. I can do that. I can interrogate people. <laughs> I can do it well. But no, it's weird being on this side. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm like still getting used to this whole side of it. Was there a moment that you remember that it started feeling like you got into a good groove with interviewing people? Because you do that yeah, so much now. Definitely. I think basically I went out to Germany to Hugo Boss's headquarters and they had just announced that Chris Hemsworth was the new male ambassador for their fragrance. I hadn't actually watched Thor before I interviewed him as well. <laughs> and I actually said that to him in the interview as well. And I was like, listen, I'm really sorry. Like I haven't watched it. And he was like, God, don't worry about it. Oh my God. And I was like, apparently you're amazing in it. So, um, but yeah, it was when I was talking to him that it was one of those things where I basically had four minutes and something like 30 seconds to have this interview. And, you know, I had to come up with a double page spread, two pages of this interview in four minutes and 30 seconds. And that is not oh a lot God. of time. So I was literally like, okay, you know, basically you just have to relax when you talk to these guys and try and yeah to try and get as much as you can out of them and just ask them what they've never heard before because mm-hmm. it's boring for them isn't it to hear the same thing over and over again but yeah that's when I really was like okay do you know what I'm actually quite good at this mm-hmm. I can do it yes that's a pretty good one till I feel like the whole yeah see, like picturing that whole scene is like a moment to shine like yeah. all right I just made it through this we got this two-page spread out of that yeah four minutes with Chris Hemsworth or but for okay. example it'll be like there's a big UK rapper at the moment called Law Kana and like I spent the whole day with him I started him for a shoot and then I um, had to write this piece on him but it wasn't like the piece was something like four paragraphs so you can spend like literally a whole day with someone have so much to write about them because they're so incredibly interesting and for me one of my favorite things is you know finding out British talent Mm -hmm. like I love that one of probably the best things that I've ever done in my career is I recently styled my first catwalk show um, at London Fashion Event. I saw that that's so exciting. Thanks it was really it was really fun it was really great and honestly I'd not done anything like it before it was a brand's first one and then my first one so we kind of didn't know what we were doing really um but all together <laughs> but also, yeah exactly all together which made it feel like this incredible family that we've got because mm-hmm. styling it's it's a weird one with styling because basically like I like it's just a part of me now I know that sounds really weird but mm-hmm. like it's just literally a part of like my day-to-day like that's literally what I do I don't feel normal if I haven't got a rail and a steamer in my hand and like 10 pins like stuck to my <laughs> dungarees or something like that um but yeah I've done some really exciting things like recently I just did an Estee Lauder video for Vogue and then also did another photo shoot for them and that was pretty big bucket list ticker there yeah. being able to say you style something for Vogue so that's incredible what's a day like in styling like how crazy and hectic is it oh my gosh it's absolutely mental so basically you'd be it could be the day before a week before you never know when you're going to get it and also depending on the person or the talent that you're shooting you never know if they're going to drop out like I think we've styled some people before some big rapper names like you know flying over from LA or whatnot and they've been like oh they've missed the flight or they've missed the flight again and you'll literally be on your third shoot. So for your job now, what are the different elements that are a part of it? And you just had your first really big events last night. Can you talk to us about what that's like to set something like that up at such a big company like Vogue? Basically, when I came on board on Vogue, they were basically like, you know what, you're going to have to set up a lot of events. And I had, because I had been on the editorial side, you know, the editorial side and the commercial side of businesses are very different. Um, commercial side is obviously all money orientated and they bring, you know, the brand, they keep the brand going, they keep it alive. Whereas editorial, someone can give me a straw, give me literally like a sock, a plain white sock and be like, you know what, you've got to turn this into like eight pages. And I'll be like, 
okay fine like, i'll go away and do this i can make a really good eight-page story with one white sock fine um but yeah it's just interesting because now i've basically come onto more of a commercial side so setting up my first event which was a michael cause in-store event for about 30 of their most ex- exclusive like shoppers or you know um us vogue readers basically they all got to bring a plus one and get an insight into um one of the contributing editors life and like what she sees like is a new spring summer trends so I was there backstage I was having to put all the looks together sending her pictures non-stop and being like are you okay with this and like <laughs> she was flying in from Portugal and basically yeah I had to help style the three girls backstage and you know they had to perform this runway look for all the people which is great and then they obviously showcased it live on a Facebook live even um and I think it went out to all their following which is like 2.1 million people Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Oh, wow. On a pretty incredible basis. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> to so a lot of people. aside from the event side, what other types of jobs are you taking on with this new position? So I edit a section in the magazine, which is called the checklist section. So it's basically like one hero page of, you know, the best product that we think is out for that month. And then it'll be just like shopping pages of, you know, what we like and, you know, finding an inspiration. And it's just really interesting seeing that all come together. And, you know, you can sit there and look at all these products and find some kind of like narrative between it that's the thing that I love most it's like this storytelling mm-hmm. and yeah I just find that absolutely incredible you've got this hashtag new vogue at the moment that has been up and running for the last couple of months and to be a part of that and to like be able to say like on your CV that do you know what like I was a part of that that's just incredible yeah talking about this is weird it's weird (laughs) saying it out loud I mean it's amazing because the first cover that you were a part of with Vogue was the women empowerment cover too which I mean that's so special amazing and I remember I I read that magazine actually literally the day before two days before and then I got that call from the publisher Vanessa Kingori who her and herself is like the ultimate boss lady Um, but she's yeah she's absolutely incredible and um, learning from someone like that is just amazing and yeah seeing it all come together and you know you've got Edward and her and their relationship is so strong whereas you know necessarily you don't find that between commercial and publishing. So how did that feel coming into this tone in that magazine and you get to be a part of this hashtag new Vogue? It's amazing but also it's a bit of a weird surreal feeling because it's like why me? There's so many people out there that are incredible and you start working on things and you're like you you think about things every day and like you know if I do something at work it's like god you know what I'm actually okay at this. Mm. Like it's like you've got to say it in your head to yourself over and over again and like 
like honestly I've never lost that feeling of like trying the best that you can at what you're doing because yes I know I've been presented with these incredible things and I've interviewed some of the best people and styled some of the best people but you've always got to think that you're never going to get anywhere unless you don't finish it or like think that every day Mm -hmm. because it's never going to work out for you I guess you got to keep on evolving so I feel like no matter where you are you five years ago didn't think you would be doing this stuff but it's like to get further you always have to keep yourself in check and want to push yourself yeah and I think the biggest part of making sure that happens is surrounding yourself with inspirational people which it sounds like your team is just just next level Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's one of the things that I try to do is I always set myself goals and then I'll hit that goals and my friend will be like oh my god like what you just started your first show you've just done your first presentation for London Fashion Week and it's like yeah okay cool on to the next Mm -hmm. one like there's no stopping like you just have to keep on going and especially like you know being a woman in like a man's world when I was at British GQ like you've got to really step up your game like it is it's hard especially with all these like men that they've got egos like a lot of fashion people have got egos but it's just learning how to deal with them and learning how to go about the right way and it's just interesting I think if you stop for too long and say like okay I've made it I've done everything you're just gonna like roll back down the hill exactly like how are you gonna get anywhere in life if you think you know hey guys I've made it that's fine (laughs) like you just gotta always keep on going 100% keep hustling and keep surrounding yourself with people that I feel like I personally just like to surround myself with people that I think I'm like the least interesting person in the room and I just want to like I never like if I feel like I'm outgrowing a person or a situation or even like a company I started Mm -hmm. or a product like I need to move on to the next one to be able to lift myself higher because I think the community and the people you surround yourself with are so much a part of that absolutely sit in a room and work we're never gonna excel our lives we have to be inspired and be around very interesting people that's what um when I first met my boyfriend so he's got his own surf brand Mm -hmm. and that was really amazing you know he set it up by himself with his brother and they literally had like no money and then basically have got three stores open at the moment and it's just going from strength to strength which inspires me so much and being around people like that is honestly incredible and I remember sitting there with him and you know I was trying to figure out what to do with my life and he was like do you know what like it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do something you love and that for me was quite weird because people I think have always associated me with the brand that I work with Mm -hmm. and I think it's all about like I associate myself with the friends that I've got and it's about what they do and how empowering they are like some of my friends are you know like physicians or psychologists or in top of the advertising game but they're all doing such different things and it's nice having just such a wide variety of friends you know brand stylists that you can kind of be like well like surround yourself with those kind of people and then you will literally bring your best self out mm-hmm. always and even I'm yeah I'm sure like working with all these huge brands even from the internship phase well yeah. it's so exciting to talk about that in a conversation what really matters is your day-to-day yeah and I think that especially in the fashion industry a lot of people I'm sure are chasing titles and like they want to get to a level to be perceived a certain way people are ready to knock you down oh yeah. honestly they're literally like I know that where I am and stuff like that there's probably about 10 girls that are ready to trip me up or like you know pull pull my lube up from underneath me yeah but there are people that are literally out there like ready to take you down to do whatever they can to get into that position so you've just got to work your hardest and honestly like that's the thing that I always say to people is that if you want it then you will get it when people do internships and you know if they're a bit lazy or if they come in late it's like no literally like come on I was working like two different jobs I was in there like an hour before every single day like if you want this you will honestly get it 
Like, keep working hard. Keep at it. One of my favorite things through this conversation that I notice is it mm-hmm. seems like you've just had your eye on the prize and you're not the one yeah. distracted by competition. You're not worried about tripping someone up. You just excelled your career. I'm sure to you, it seems like over a long period of time, mm-hmm. but this is like less than a decade. Look where you are now and all the things you've done. Can you give some advice to people that want to get in this industry and what they need to do to either get involved in editorial or just in the fashion industry in general? Yeah, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got given was just be nice. And it's so true. Just be nice because you honestly don't know where anyone is ever going to end up. I remember I was working at an internship. I was actually at GQ back in the day when I was interning there for a month. I met this girl and she was absolutely amazing. But the thing is, we didn't know each other and we were at the printer. She was an intern for another section and I was an intern for one section. And we were at the printer and like, I think I've got a bit of a resting bitch face. So I don't know if like, that's why maybe someone told me to be nice to people is that I've got to go out of my way to be nice because I have that. Um, but basically we would like, wouldn't really talk to each other. And then one day she said something to me and we were like, oh, hi. And then like we came together and we had this like incredible collaboration that we put together and like we just became the best of friends. And it's those things that you never know where they're going to go or what's going to happen or, you know, how I've kept in contact with some interns and I put them forward for everything that I like every opportunity that I've got coming up if I've got some big gigs on they'll come like assist me even if it's two years later I'll literally drop them a text and be like yo you free and they'll be like what yes like do you still have this or I'll get the random like who this <laughs> but yeah it's um yeah I would literally say like just be nice to everyone and honestly like just work your hardest learn to make a good cup of tea especially here in the UK um and just apply pester people Test to people and be nice because I get so many applications for you th- through for internships. And if I'm not looking for anyone, you know, I, I'll be bad. I'll literally just skip through it and I won't mean to. If you pester me, I'll think, oh God, like this girl, she obviously really wants it. Like there's something there. Or I'll get someone like one girl, I think she DM'd me something like seven times. And I was like, gosh, on a night out. And I was like, this girl's got to stop. Yeah. And then I was like, fair play. Like I actually remember her. And now I've used her for a couple of shoots and she's oh really gosh. good. <laughs> so yeah, pester in the nicest way possible. Mm-hmm. And just learn to make a good cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's amazing advice. And that must be such a crazy feeling to be on the other side now where you're getting all the applications. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Like I used to be that person. Also, I was talking to um, the girl I used to work at GQ with, the fashion editor, and she actually found my email of applying for an internship from about, yeah, six years ago. And she showed it to me and it was like, isn't it funny how I interned for you and now we're basically best friends. (laughs) Like we just talk about Labradors and memes and fashion all the time. Like. Isn't this funny? Is there anyone in particular in your peer group or someone that you work with that inspires you? There's a lot of people that inspire me. Gosh, I think there's one of my best friends called Daisy Dean, who's a stylist. And I used to work with her at FHM. And um, she's probably one of the best stylists that I know. And she's absolutely incredible. And just what she does and how she does it is just so incredible. And she's now starting campaigns for like Nike and doing, yeah, huge things, huge rappers, footballers, everything. And it's so weird going through that process with someone because we'll sit there and we'll talk about it and it'll be like wait what have you just done have you just started like nike's global campaign like (laughs) have you just done a shoot for vogue like god what is this and it's one of those moments where you just sit there like looking up at the at the stars and like counting your blessings and yeah she's probably one of my biggest inspirations my mum 
telling me just to keep on going. It's weird things that inspire me. Mm-hmm. What else besides people inspires you? Honestly, anything. I know that sounds really weird, but I can be no, walking down that. the street and like, I think someone's like balloon popped and then like literally went past me and I was like, God, like imagine that as like the red color, like running through like the magazine and on your page and like, or yeah, like how my old boss at FHM gave me a book on birds and it's like, yeah, do you know what fashion isn't about birds? So let's put a bird on a page. And it's also like subcultures that inspire me. So you have like the streetwear culture, which I absolutely love. My brother's a skater. So I love going to the skate park and like actually skating with him and doing stuff like that. Like honestly, anything like if a pencil's like flipped around the wrong way and I'll be like, God, what are the positions that like we can make out of? We were playing like a game at Christmas and my boyfriend drew like this thing on Pictionary and he was like, he took a picture of it and he was like, do you know what? I could make that into a t-shirt. And then he did it. And it's like one of the, but it's those little things that just honestly like... Yeah, it changes your way of thinking. Or literally when I'm so, for example, if I had to put the looks together for this Michael Kors event that I did, I had to put all the looks out on my desk. And I know it sounds weird, but I will literally stand on the other side of my desk to look at them upside down and to see if I can see if all the patterns are like merging together. Because then I'm not actually looking at what I've been looking at for the last 72 hours in a row. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just look at things differently and I'll try and see like a different perspective from them. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today. Can you um, let our listeners know where they can learn more? about you yeah I mean you're welcome to follow me on Instagram (laughs) at Carlosa Constant and it's probably the hardest name (laughs) yeah thank you for having me yeah no of course (laughs) I mean I'm genuinely impressed it's great um Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling oh Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling Ryan Reynolds Oh, Ryan Gosling's dress sense, though. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a review. It helps us out so much. Enjoy 10% off of everything at girlgangthelabel.com with code girlgang. I hope to have you tune in next week. Until then, make sure to support your local girl gang.